Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. MJ Network will bring you there. Good morning, everyone. This is Fran Lewis from gorgeous, sunny, freezing Westchester. And I am so excited that Allison Book, a.k.a. Marilyn Levinson, is here. We're going to showcase her book, Death on a Shelf. And I love Carrie Singleton. And this is really cool. There's a wedding. And, well, what can I say? When there's a wedding and Carrie's around, you know there's going to be a murder. And, oh, well, what can you do? So, Welcome to MJ Network. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm excited about this one. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Both Allison and Marilyn are happy. And, um, of course, it's June, even though it's not June right now, and it's the season of love and marriage. So I, that is the theme of Death on the Shelf. Hi, the question I've never asked you because you're really original. When I write a book, I have no clue sometimes. But how do you pick, how do you create your title that matches your, the plot? Because this one definitely does. And that's the hardest thing in the world. Well, I have very little to do with the title because, which is very interesting. Um, I, years ago, I used to have a lot to do with my titles. But now, um, the, the point is that my series is the Haunted Library series. And all of my titles have something to do with libraries and, uh, or reading books, something like that. And um, I, they, my, my publisher asks me for some titles, for ideas for titles. And um, I ask some of my friends to help me with some titles. And we come up with a few. And I think one of my friends came up with this title. Um, as long as it has something to do with books and libraries, it's fine. Um, I, really, really beyond that, there's no connection. So um, that's the story on titles. That's really interesting. Well, my favorite place to go when I was a kid was a library. And basically... Um, they let me take out whatever I wanted because they knew I was going to read 10 books in a week, for real. So I was lucky. I don't even know if kids take out a lot of books anymore. So Carrie and her job at the library. But the main focus is Angela's wedding and the bridal shower. Now, this is so this is so cool because the bridal shower is being hosted by Donna, and the bride's not too happy. Well, what happened happy. was, yeah, um, the book opens where Angela who's usually a very cheerful, happy person, is yeah. rather distraught. She's rather nervous in the first part of this book because things are going wrong with her wedding. The first thing is the bridal shower. Um, Carrie, who's her best friend, and three other people who work with them in the library are hosting this bridal shower, 
And what happens is that about five days before the um, shower is supposed to take place, the restaurant where it was to be burns down. And, um, of course, um, Angela thinks this is a bad omen, something bad is going to happen. And Mm -hmm. Carrie um, is notifying everyone that the um, wedding has, the bridal shower has been um, canceled, not canceled, but um, that the, she tells everyone about the fire. And Donna, who happens to be Angela's first cousin and is five years older than Angela, she said, oh, no problem. I'll have, I'll have it at my house and our, our cousin Roxy will, we will host it. And so Carrie's thrilled about this. Gee, we found a solution to the problem. Only Angela's not very happy about this because Angela um, always felt intimidated by her older perfect cousins Mm -hmm. when she was growing up. And she and 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 Carrie said, "Oh, gee, well, I'll I'll call her back." And Angela said, "No, no, don't do that." And she's willing to go along with having the bridal shower at her cousin's house. I know how that feels. For <laughs> real, I know how that feels. And you just like you know you don't want to be bothered. You don't want to be the one to be you know picked on or something. Poor Angela. So tell yeah, Aiden and Tommy. Oh, Aiden. Hmm. Well, Aiden is Donna being so perfect is married <clears throat> is married to a really nice guy. Um, yeah. He's um he's a surgeon. He's a good guy, but of course he has his own issues as we find out about. Yeah. And um he and Tommy, well, Tommy is um Angela's brother. And of course, Clover Ridge is in Connecticut, and Tommy, thank goodness, is living in California. Angela, in a in a previous book, has told Carrie that she really is so glad that her brother does not live anywhere near her because he tormented her when they were children. And what mm. was equally as bad was that her their parents never really believed her. Not that they thought she was a liar, but they thought she was exaggerating. But Tommy has a very short fuse, and um, Mm -hmm. he's back in New York, not only for the wedding, but he's he's in, not New York, but the eastern um, seaboard. He comes in early so that he can um, (laughs) nudge relatives and friends to promote his latest movie. And Aiden um, seems to have said, well, I'm thinking about backing your movie. He didn't say he definitely would would back it, but Tommy seems to think that this was a done deal, that Aiden was going to give him some money to move move ahead with this movie that he was producing. Well, it was wishful thinking on his part, unfortunately, poor Aiden. That's all I could say about poor Aiden. Oh, yeah, well, I don't want to say too much about poor Aiden, no. but but that, that we learned quite a bit about Aiden. Um, so we will find out more about poor Aiden. <laughs> I know. So Carrie gets involved with this mess, and she tells us about Dylan. And 
the sheriff has to come up with the people that he thinks did it. And the poor sheriff, he doesn't really like Harry too much. He doesn't, you know, she gets involved, but he is not too thrilled about it. So how come she gets involved this time? She sort of has no choice, in a sense. Right. Well, not, okay. Um, well, the editing, the wedding ends in tragedy. Somebody is murdered. Yeah. And Angela, <clears throat> who's very close to our family, <clears throat> She um, she is refusing to go on her honeymoon, and um, Angela's mother is very upset by this, and Angela feels she has to be at, at home supporting her family, and um, Angela's mother calls Carrie and asks her to convince Angela to go on her honeymoon. And Carrie is successful, and she promises Angela that whenever there's a breakthrough in in the uh, case, she will she will notify her. Well, she's in. I believe she went to California, so it's really not that far, you know. So she so so Angela. That is why Carrie gets involved. And if, oh, and of course, Angela's mother asks Carrie to find out who murdered the poor victim. I know, and then she promises Evelyn something, too. We can't forget my favorite character, Evelyn. Oh, yes. Evelyn is such a... Uh, Evelyn is here and there and everywhere and nowhere. And yeah. Evelyn Evelyn has a bunch of... She, Ella, Evelyn is a very law-abiding person, or was when she was alive, because she is the ghost. <laughs> but she seems to have a bunch of relatives who are a little bit um, above the law and mm-hmm. they have been involved in various cases and murders. Um, Evelyn um, also doesn't think anything of asking Carrie to um, do little favors for her and sometimes the little favors turn out to be bigger than they are, than they're not so little. And in this case, she asks Evelyn, she asks Carrie to track down her long-lost brother, who yeah, I know, oh God, <laughs> yeah, to disappear on the scene, and the reason is because she's she's concerned about her niece who has moved back to Clover Ridge, and from what Evelyn has picked up in the library, she's very unhappy, and Evelyn is is afraid that she may take her own life. So poor Carrie, she's been in a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Um, She's given many chores by Evelyn, but Evelyn does help her. So, And Evelyn is like a benevolent, mostly benevolent aunt. Um, And, of course, she helps Carrie solve mysteries because she knows all these people from before. Carrie only moved moved to Clover Ridge uh, a year earlier, and um, while Evelyn has lived there most of her, all of her life, and she knows everyone's history. So, of course, she wants to do what she can for Evelyn, and in this case, it's tracking down her brother, who's been gone for many, many years, is probably under living under an assumed name, but, but Carrie has her sources, doesn't she? She, she yes, turns she does. To, she turns to Dylan's um, assistant, um, his gal Friday, who has wonderful um, abilities at her fingertips. She, she knows how to research missing people. 
Well, I would like her to help me with my case, but I can't say it on the air because I'm not allowed to talk about it. But yeah, I mean, I she I could use Evelyn to you know take care of business for me. That'd be really cool. Yeah, so. it's always nice to have somebody a little older than us to give us some guidance and support. No, yeah. There's nobody. What can I say? Everybody's gone. <laughs> the last well, that's what happens as we aunt. get older, yeah. <laughs> no, my aunt was 100 years old. It would have been 100 years old. I'm not that even close last. But she's like, uh, would have been 100 last year. And my book partner was my uncle, who was 99, that just died. No fun. Um, yeah, Uncle Len, and Uncle Len read everything I read because I sent him this stuff to the nursing home, and we used to talk about it every every couple of weeks about what we read. Then he would criticize my book reviews and, you know, help me edit. <laughs> it was really cool. Yes, so. it's so wonderful to have someone in your corner. But the thing about Evelyn is she's in her mid sixties, and of course she's a ghost, so she never ages. And I Carrie wonders she keeps her her wonderful. Um, wardrobe of beautiful clothes, and and who does her hair? Who fixes? Who who gives um, beautiful um, <clears throat> haircuts? And in this ghostly world, but Evelyn never reveals her secrets. I can Some use a few of anyway. her secrets. So we have Roxy and Donna, and they go. Oh at yes. It. They and go I at think it. everyone. I think everyone has cousins like that. Um, uh-huh. cousins, cousins who are a little bit older than us, <clears throat> they seem so sophisticated and so above us. And I know I had that experience, and they sort of leave us out. And the thing about Roxy and Donna, um, they are the same age. They're both beautiful. They're both um, bright. But Donna's always a little bit ahead, right? She's always mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. in the lead. And and the thing is now that, and Roxy is a bit, um, um, she's very high strung, and she's especially disturbed now because while both of them have married doctors, actually best friends, Aiden mm-hmm. and Miles were best friends. They had been since um, medical school. But Roxy divorces Miles. Do you remember why? Yeah, but I'm not going to give it away. Yeah. I do know well, why. Oh, I know why. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Roxy is very distraught, and she's very needy. And as a result, we know who she turns to. She turns to Aiden. Yeah, I know. And Aiden, no wonder Donna wants to smash her out. Well, Aiden, being the good guy that he is, he lets her um, come to the office and and during lunch hour or whatever. And he, you know, he 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 tells Vera, who's the um, office manager, just let her sit there. Don't worry. And Vera, you know, Vera has her own opinion about the relationship. She, mm-hmm. you know, she thinks something is going on between the two of them. I often wonder that in real life that things don't go on between doctors and their whatever. Who mm. knows? I, I right. Me, that's, that's, that's a good one for the next one. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I think we'll move on from doctors' offices to other to other realms. <laughs> yeah. So why is Carrie questioned? And to, why why did they question her in this particular case? She's brought in also. Because she was there when whatever happened, happened. Yes. At the wedding, Carrie and 
um, yes, Carrie and Dylan are right there when the person dies. Yeah. And so they are actually witnesses. Um, and you have to remember also John Mathers. He is the um, the prof- you know the uh, detective, the the cat, the lieutenant, the 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 head person in this town, which is not very large. Um, he's very very fond of Carrie. First of all, they're friends, they're social friends, mm-hmm. and um, second of all, he also has a very high regard of her of of all the um, help she he's given her that she's given him on cases that somehow she seems to get the information about. Um, but by the same token, he doesn't want a. A, a civilian interfering in his cases and because they are such good friends and he would worry anyway, but he, he worries about her. He doesn't want anything to happen to her. Um, well, because that, that would be a natural reaction of a, of a mm-hmm. police chief, yeah. but also because he's a, he's a friend and he's very, very fond of her and he's, he and Dylan are, are good friends. So, um, you know, he, he has a very mixed feeling about it, but he, he often comes to the library to talk to Carrie um, about a case. But, of course, when they talk, um, usually um, Carrie is the one giving information, and he is the one withholding information. And, that, of course, that annoys Carrie, too, although she somewhat understands the situation. So um, that's the story on her and John, her relationship with John. You know, they, I mean, she admires John and she respects him mm-hmm. and she helps him when she can. But she doesn't always tell him what, what she's learned. She's like Evelyn in that way. <laughs> well, that's good. Now, there's a second plot that you got me on here. What are the mayor's plans for the library? And what does he want her to do? And what is her reaction? I was like, oh, my God, is she going to do that? What was that about? I I didn't hear that. The mayor has plans for the library, and he wants her to do something. He wants her to join something. What was her reaction? Oh, yes, yes. Well, the library is going to undergo um, renovations, and that's what the next book is all about. But... um, Al, Al Tripp, the the, uh, mayor, he sees that Carrie has developed into a very responsible person, um, and he he sees that she has leadership qualities and that she's she's someone who can get things done. So what he wants her to do is to get onto the town council. A woman named Jeanette is leaving, and... um, Carrie would only have to take over, um, be there for, uh, take over 14 months. She wouldn't have to be there any longer. And um, Carrie doesn't really want to take on this position. She feels she has enough to deal with. And her aunt and uncle encourage her to do it. And she's a little annoyed that they are encouraging her to do this. Um, But she's, Hope and 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 Dylan is a very modern um, boyfriend, and you know he says it's up to you. I I think that you would do a good a good job, but um, it's up to you. Whatever you think you should you should do, 
And also, Al put it to her as if she had a, almost a responsibility because she's a singleton. And the yeah. singletons have been in that part of the country for years because they used to own a um, a farm. And um, they sold that, of course. But um, and And believe it or not, Carrie even has this feeling. This was when the book, when the series started, she was like a, a wanderer. Um, yes, she used to spend summers at the farm where her father had grown up, but she um, she she didn't really feel she belonged anywhere. But um, as the books proceed and she and she becomes more sure of herself, she sees herself as a singleton as and as having a place in this in in Clover Ridge. So she's she doesn't say no, and she lets Al woo her. You know, he they, he takes her to dinner, and um, he they have a um, he invites her to a brunch with the other members of the council, so she could get to meet them and ask any questions they, that she may have. So she is keeping an open mind. It's sort of like guilt. Just do it. But we're not going to tell everybody whether she does or not. No. It sounds like like my family when they say, you know, so-and-so has a term paper and you're the only one that can help her write it. go, but I have 14 books to review and an author to interview. Don't worry, you'll get it done. (laughs) Okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm the one. Well, you know why? They they say a busy person is the person you should ask if you want someone to help you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what Carrie is turning out to be, or I should say, Proving to be, in other words, she always had these qualities, but she didn't even know it because um, of her of her dysfunctional family, mm-hmm. which of course, uh, which of course, um, we explore and we, we we meet her 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 parents and her various people in her life in in past books. So um, I like her mother though. You see, the father he's okay, but I like her mother. She's cool. There's something just so crazy about her. You gotta you gotta love her. Seriously. Well, yeah. Well, she and Carrie don't have the great. You know, Carrie has know. as good a relationship with her. I really like Carrie's father. I I adore him. Yeah. You know, and I love what happens to him in this book. I like it too, but I also love Dylan too. And he better get do the right thing, or he's going to be so sorry. What can I say? Yeah. So, Harry, tell us more about Michelle and why is Evelyn so concerned about her? And Carrie winds up with a That's the third plot. So she has to get that, and then she's got to find the brother. This poor girl is is in everywhere. Well, um, the thing about um, um, this is um, this is Evelyn's niece. Um, Evelyn's niece has moved back to uh, Clover Ridge. She left, she and her, when her father left um, because he committed a um, a crime, he needed money, he was a gambler, and um, he took off, and she and her mother and brother moved to Ohio to uh, live with her mother's family, and now um, she's she's married, um, and she moves back to um, Clover Ridge, but things don't go well in Clover Ridge. For one thing, her husband is very, very distant, and finally he leaves her. And not only that, I mean, he he takes the car, he takes everything, yeah. and and she's just bereft. And 
and um, Evelyn overhears her neighbor talking about her, and, and Evelyn is really worried that the girl is going to do something to herself because she doesn't have a job, she has no money, and so she asks Carrie to um, intervene and 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 do some good. So Carrie, on her lunch hour, goes to visit the girl where she where she's living, and she um, she and 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 she isn't there. So the thing is that um, she tells her neighbor that she's a relative. You know, she doesn't know what to say because she really. Mm-hmm. You know, she's really not part of it. Um, she can't very well say, well, your aunt sent me. Yes, your dead aunt. And she doesn't, you can't very well say that. So um, she decides to come back. And this time she finds, she finds the girl and she's able to help her in, in a very practical way. Mm. Well, all I know is that I hope you bring back the little girl that could also see the ghost because that is hilarious. And yeah, she's, she, little little Casey. She's yeah. She's she doesn't. Um, she she makes appearances here and there in the books, but um, so far she hasn't had a mystery of her own. You know, it's really hard when people have favorite um, characters, and yeah. they'll say, "Oh, you didn't you didn't put Evelyn in this book enough, or you didn't have this one in the book enough." And it's very difficult to give everyone a large part in every book. For example, Angela has a large part in Death on the Shelf, but she may not in the next book. And mm-hmm. also, um, I can't keep killing off my um, my my basic characters. I really yeah. don't like to. So I am always bringing in new characters, and they take up a lot of the time and the space and the events. And um, we have to remember that, um, for example, Angela, um, like Evelyn, is often is often um, Carrie's sounding board mm-hmm. and will help her solve a mystery. Sometimes the mystery revolves around that person, as in this book, it's Angela's mm-hmm. book. In another yeah. book, previous book, it's Evelyn's story. That Evelyn, who everyone thought had simply fallen, um, when she, and that's how she died, there really was a story behind how she died. So um, everyone cannot be the main attraction. And I think readers have to understand that. So, yeah. It's hard. They don't always understand. But I'll tell you one thing. Philip Margolin is going to be on my broadcast on March 8th. And I read a dark, The Darkest Place. It's not out yet. It won't be out till March 8th. And he killed off a very main character in the second Really? Chapter. Oh, oh, I'm not going to tell you who. I was, like, sitting there, and I'm reading this, and I'm going, okay, okay, okay. And Robin takes his case and then go, holy God. It took me a half an hour to get through the fact that this actually happened, and I read the book and I go like, I'm gonna, I, I, oh my God, I could not believe it. This is someone that I was surprised he killed off, and I was surprised that it sort of like took something away from the book. I was like, oh my God, how could you do that? So, you know, I I remember when a, a well-known mystery author did that, killed off the 
the wife of the detective. Yeah. And and I after that I never read any more of the books. I I know it well, really I love has them. it really I has love them. He's great. <laughs> yeah. So um it it's um it's very disturbing, you know, when when yeah. because we get we get very attached to characters and I mean of course I love my own characters and um I have no intention of killing off anyone. I the only main character I killed off was was one who I didn't like and she hung around for a few books and then well, and, and alas, she had a, a, a death. She was murdered. Somebody murdered her. But um, most of my characters stick around, you know. Um, I, but I agree with you. It's it's very disconcerting, more than disconcerting, very upsetting when a main character is is, is murdered. So. This one, yeah, this one he shouldn't have done because this one was a very basic necessity for Robin, the other character. So I don't know what he's going to do. Anyway... <laughs> Tell us about her father and why she gets upset with Dylan. What does she find out? Um, well, I okay, Jim, Jim Singleton is one of my favorite characters yeah. because he he has if you see him, he's good looking, he's has a grin, he has a sparkle in his eye. Um, well, he was not always a responsible character. Um Carrie always adored him growing up, and but the thing is, he was hardly ever home. And alas, he was a thief, and he did have, spend some stints in jail. Um, in fact, he comes into Carrie's life. She hadn't seen him in like ten years. One in the second book, Red and Gone, where he he comes in, breaks into her house at three in the morning, and he wants her to. Um, set up something with his partner in crime and of course Carrie because the person had kept all the jewels in the in the uh in the heist and of course Carrie is uh terribly upset by this and of course she won't do it well Jim really changes um through the books um mm-hmm. he gives up his life of crime and he and he ends up working for the company that Dylan and Mac, Mac was Dylan's boss, and he made Dylan a partner. He and um, Jim ends up working for them, and, and and he becomes an investigator, and he really settles down in Atlanta. That's where the main office is. And in this book, um, Death on the Shelf, Jim and his girlfriend come and visit Carrie and Dylan, and. Um, and who is the girlfriend? She's a woman. Remember, Jim is like he's like close to sixty. She's a woman who um, works. She's she she works in the investigative field as a she just is a freelancer. And um, and that and D- Carrie learns that that Dylan knew her. And not only that, Carrie. She gets. She's a little upset her, to learn that her father and her significant other have quite a close relationship. Because mm. on one hand, she's very happy that her significant other and her father ha- are are close, but because Jim was out of her life for such a long 
bit of it growing up, she's still kind of possessive of him and not wanting to share him. And she knows it's silly. And what's more, um, Dylan knows Mary, Meredith, the, the woman um, who comes and visits them. He, he knows her from before. And um, Jim and Mary are obviously in love. And Carrie really likes Mary. She she's, she finds herself comparing herself to her mother. Linda is so very self-absorbed. And Meredith is not like that at all. And, and Carrie almost feels guilty for not, um, you know, for thinking these thoughts, although she knows quite well her mother's not very maternal and her mother's very self-absorbed and very manipulative. And she likes Carrie. She likes um, uh, Mary, and she's very happy when her, her father makes an announcement about the two of them that they're going I know to I get like married. Mary too. I like yeah. them too. So then we have Julia. Why does she reach out to Carrie? And who is Bradley? And what's his? Donna really gets around, doesn't she? Seriously. Um, Julia. Well, Julia is um, Casey's mother. I don't remember what 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 you're referring to. I don't um, know why she was in this one. I don't know. Um, okay, well, well she's that. Casey's mother. You know, um, they yeah. do see each other. Um, they just. Oh, I I remember they they we had. She a was barbecue. in the library. Yeah, she came into the yeah. library. And also they had they had several barbecues, family barbecues, yeah. and. Um, I remember that um, Carrie wants to finds herself learning more about Aiden and his office, the people who work in his office, because she wants to know more about the mystery. And um, so she she learns about the the people in the office. Um, Aiden's partner. Aiden had joined a um, a practice, and Mm -hmm. um, the the man Nick. his name is Nick, Dr. Nick Gannon. He mm-hmm. he brought Aiden in, and they didn't really see eye to eye on a lot of things. And um, a lot of people, um, somebody at one of the barbecues um, mentions Vera Ghent as being so helpful and friendly. She's the office manager, and um, and then there's a nurse who was very seemed to be very attached to Aiden. I guess Aiden brings out the. Um, People who seem to need a lot of assistance um, or a lot of care, you know, the needy people. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I the, the theme the theme of this book is love and marriage. Yeah, and I know. I have some to people, yeah, some people have good marriages in this in this book, and some do not. So there's there's quite an array of relationships. Well, before I forget. Tuesday, the author of Silence in the Library will be with us. And because it's Veterans Day Thursday, John Land and former Navy SEAL Steve Giblin will talk about the book Walking in the Mud. And there's some really interesting issues that people can deal with when they're having stress and how it is when you when you when you have PTSD. There's a whole bunch of stuff at the at the end of each chapter. It's fantastic. On the fifteenth, twenty mile on the 17th, someone I know and is my one of the most wonderful people on this planet, Dick Belsky, Silent Island, as Dana Perry. 
On the 18th, we have Alan Jacobson, Tim Aarons, Vincent Zandri, and Lance Barbusa. And we're going to talk about the dark side of the character versus the good side. On the oh. 22nd, the one of my crazy ideas. Um, on the 22nd, Beneath the Marigold. And on what better way than the 23rd, then New York Times author Nancy Allen, who wrote Power of Attorney with James Patterson. She's coming on. And on the 30th, Matt Coyle. The Last Redemption. What more can I ask for? Wait till you hear about December. It gets even better. So, Carrie is focused on the murder and what happens when her father shows up. Oh, my God. Well, they they have a nice weekend is is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, really, I, um, she's in for a big surprise um, when her father makes a big mm-hmm. announcement at, at, at dinner. And, again, she's, she's, she's a little disturbed because Dylan is um, always, like, two steps ahead of her. Yeah. Um, I, she said, oh, you made reservations there. Well, yes, your father asked me to get a, a restaurant, that, you know, a nice seafood restaurant. And so, um, yeah, and, I, and and of course they have lobster. I guess my um, while this is not a, um, a, a a food kind of a um, cozy, I really I, I my I I guess I go into foods that my characters eat, maybe in a restaurant or or even at home. And um, they seem to have lobster a few times and lobster rolls, which is my favorite. And um, and Jim makes his big announcement, which Carrie is really happy about. So it's Carrie. It's also showing the transformation of this is um, mm-hmm. the fifth book. How, how Carrie, who's had this um, vagabond life, she never could settle in one place after high after college. Um, how her life is settling down. She has a good job. She has um, a significant other. She has a relationship with her mother of some sorts and her father. <laughs> and um, things um, seem to be settling down. Of course, murder keeps cropping up, and she does need to. Now there are two murders, and she needs to figure out, um, it, are they connected? Are they related? And... Um, yeah, she'd like this to be over because um, this the, it, the murders are all connected to Angela's family, and Angela is her best friend, and you know she wishes the be- the best for Angela and Steve, and 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 you you get and you see how everyone's relationship is different. You see how Angela and Steve's relationship is, you know they sort of bicker but in a very loving way. And, um, you know, so she, but she, and all this time, she sometimes thinks about herself. How would she be in a marriage, in a wedding, in a life? I mean, she loves Aiden, but there's something about marriage that really is scary to her because her parents, of of her parents' marriage, which was not a success at all, Mm. but Although they're now both in happy relationships. Well, my parents were happy. They used to run my life like a, a, a clock, like a <laughs> clock, like a like a perfect 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 clock precision. 
My my father would just say, do what your mother said. My mother would give me a look, the Ruthie look, and I know I was dead mean. I never got in trouble. <laughs> it's just that my mother would just say, this is what this is what you have to do. And she's sort of like, I think that's why everything I have to do has to be perfect. And my sister um, always said, she was she was tough on me. Yeah, if I didn't get 100 on a test, I'd write it over. Even if it was 99, it wasn't good enough. And my, I once said to my sister, how come she doesn't make you do that? She, because basically... You were adopted, and you don't really know how old you are, which is the truth, because I don't. And she said, so what can I say? I said, and I got stuck with you? Oh, God, for me. I miss her. That's what my sister uh, is named after, my sister, MJ Network. When she died, it's like I lost the pain in the neck that used to drive me crazy. Uh, but yeah, you, yeah. So we have Dylan, and how did you, you – you create this novel we have with multiple plots, but what does everyone think that Carrie can solve the mystery – I mean, she's a lot. Jessica Fletcher is good, but Carrie does it in a way that you don't get annoyed with her. And yet, there's a John Land did the Jessica Fletcher series, and yet um, there's another series that came out by another author, and I won't read it because it's not quite the same. Oh, Terry, Terry, Terry Moran, yeah, Terry, Terry is writing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she wrote it. I know, and I know why, but I'm not going to say why. But John Land's brought Jessica into the 21st century, and the books were phenomenal. When I heard that he lost it, I, I, was, I, I was in tears. He now oh. picked up the Capital Murder series, the Margaret Truman. That's going to be um, February 15th, a murder in the D.C. D.C. They should uh-huh. never have taken it away from him, but I do know why. I'm not going to say why, but oh. uh, they have not asked me to read hers. And I read the, um, the, you know, the summary of the new one, and it's quite different than what he wrote. And quite different characters. So well, everyone's going. Everyone's going to have a different take on everything. If you yeah, gave ten, ten mystery authors a topic, let's say um, a yeah, locked trunk, you'll get ten different stories. So that that's the thing about the creative process, and especially when yeah. you take over a known quantity, you know, like what you're saying, Cabot Cove. Um, it's, it's a whole other story. Well, um, the, uh, the, the place where I have my most fun is in the denouement because these are cozies, mm-hmm. and I have freedom to do, you know, to be zany, and I just love how Carrie, which of course I won't, expo- I won't expose, mm-hmm. but um, I love how Carrie finds out um, who is responsible for the two murders that occur mm-hmm. in this book and how shocked she is by something even more than discovering who the murderers are because um, of some preconceived notions. But it, it's just fun, and it's just a fun way of bringing that uh, that um, element to a close, who the murderers are. But my mm-hmm. books are more than just mysteries, and so... The book continues with a final scene, which we won't talk about either, but it involves Dylan and Carrie, and um, I think it's kind of romantic. So, um, you know, what happens with my books is that each book promotes the next book because I'm so invested in my characters, and they're so three-dimensional, their lives just suggest the next the next story and that's what's happening that's i've already written the book after this one and um you know we see things that happen with carrie and dylan and and everyone in the library 
And I think there's going to be a character in there. There are two characters that I introduce in the next book called Dewey Decimated. And uh, Fran, you're going to love them both. I just know it. And you're going to laugh. When you read the book, you're going to say, uh, I see what Marilyn's talking about. And then that book um, already suggested the next book to me. So I really get my ideas for the for the following book. The, the 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 seeds are in the book that preceded it. Well, I agree. With, that's why I I just contacted several authors, and I just read a book. <laughs> it was really interesting. It's called All I Want by Darcy Bell. Um, I the book's not out yet. It's coming out January 11th, and I read it. And I'm saying, I wrote I wrote my review, and I looked at the, the where I got this idea from the last line of the book. And the last page. And then I went and I read what a few other authors had to say, what Kirkus had to say, what Publishers Weekly. They didn't get it. And I said, the last line of the book just says it exactly right. And it leads you to believe what really happened to this character throughout the book. Did she imagine it? Was she really somewhere else? Are they gaslighting her? You have no idea. And I said, the, everybody said the last line but it was sort of like made no sense, and then I went back and I go, yeah, I got that. It definitely did. So I'm going to do um, January 26th. I want to do a show on last lines, like the last, oh. the last last line. How does the last line of your book relate to what happens next in the next book without giving it away? Because I've done one on first lines and first paragraphs, but this was like I read that last line of the book and I go. No one got it, and I was so proud of myself because I got it. It just led you to believe an eerie feeling that this poor girl was really, hmm, where was she really the entire time? Did she dream it up? Did what really happened to her? You don't want to know what happened to her. It was horrible. Mm. But can I say? So without giving it away, yes, you created the twist at the end, and you created this. So what, where do you see Carrie and Dylan next? Well, um, the next book is, um, you know, in, in, co- in a cozy series, um, a romance does not re- move very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, years ago, Nancy Cohn gave me that advice, and I, I think that's valuable advice um, because so much else is going on, but I always like to devote part of my um, book to their to their relationship, and mm. in this case, um, I see them. I see them. Of course, they're they're together, and in the next book, um, a character pops up, which I don't want to give away to, but it it um, it has something to do with Dylan, and also. Mm. The book opens in, um, I will say this much, in Dewey Decimated, the book opens where Carrie is speaking with her Aunt Harriet, and she's very happy, but she's very concerned about one factor of her relationship with Dylan. Mm. And she tells Aunt Harriet that she's concerned that every time she mentions Dylan's family, he clams up. And mm. she wants to know, did, did something terrible happen? Did they do something awful to him? And Harriet says, no, um, just give him time. Harriet knows Dylan very well. 
because mm-hmm. Dylan used to come and play with Carrie's brother when they were little boys. When mm-hmm. um, when they um, when Carrie and her brother Jordan used to come to the to the farm. But Carrie learns also that even after they left to go back to the city, um, Dylan continued to visit um, her uncle Bosco and Aunt Harriet. And they, you know, he wished that they were his relatives. Mm. So Carrie gets to understand more about Dylan. And that's what I like to do in my books, to to, um, prod and go a little bit deeper in in each of my characters and um so readers have a better understanding of what they what they what made them the characters that they are now no i know i agree because you know if gets if a, if a relationship happens too fast you just say that's not going to last if right relationship, if a relationship is like oh um this is no hit and miss it's not going to last either no so what about um, her relationship with her parents? You know, her father's great, but her mother's got her mother's got a personality that that reminds me of somebody I was related to. Well, yeah, I mean, the, I I devote a whole book to um, her mother coming to town with her with her new husband, who's twelve yeah, years cool. younger than she is, and. Well, she and Carrie have an understanding of each other now, but I think I, I mean, her, Carrie's relationship with Linda is as is as good as as it's going to be. Linda's not a particularly maternal person; she's a show-offy person. I mean, she's proud mm-hmm. of Carrie, but she doesn't quite know how to be a mother to Carrie. But Carrie understands it. At the end of that book. She understands that this is this is who her mother is. That's it. And um, not every relationship is um, going to be um, a, a marvelous, wonderful relationship as we would like it to be. Um, sometimes good enough is has to be good enough because that's what she is. And she gets nurturing in a, a motherly mm-hmm. way from her aunt, from Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And um, and now she's going to have a stepmother, so she is getting nurturing um, of that sort now. Anyway, in her life now that she's thirty, so I, I every relationship's not going to end up perfectly. No, I agree with you. You know, I was lucky. My mom had Alzheimer's. And I know that. It hor- yeah, it was horrible. And I thought, you know, who's going to who am I going to talk to? Who do you talk to? My husband is okay, but nobody really wanted to understand. My brother very really came to see her. He couldn't deal with it. And my sister was dealing with her own issues, and she would come on Thursday. So I was lucky that my husband's stepmother, his, his male mother died when she was two with a weird accident, a weird thing. So when he met, his father met my mother-in-law, I said, oh, thank God I have Mom Lewis. I, she was the best. When she died, after my sister, I was lost because I would call her up and say to her, how do I deal with this? What do I do? And the one thing about her was she was straightforward. If you didn't want the answer, don't ask the question, which is pretty much me. So, yes, I mean, and that you know, is you, Fran. <laughs> I know. I get, in, I get in trouble. I get in trouble a lot because 
I say what I'm thinking, and you know what? It's not meant to be rude or nasty. I never, first of all, I never write a nasty review. We did that on Tuesday. That's what you saw Dick and them. We were talking about how do you deal with a book when you hate it? Well, how do you deal with an author that really can't write? And the plot is like, oh, my God. And a lot of them just, you know, write something. You know, they won't write a negative review. I won't either. If a book is, I think, twice, I just told the publisher, I'm not reviewing this book. It's so awful. The characters are so mismatched, and the grammar and everything was so bad, and the plot made no sense that I refused to review the book. That you know, you, you bring up a very, that's such a difficult thing, and, and that's yeah. why I really yeah. don't like to be forced to write a review or <laughs> it's, it's a, no, it's a very difficult subject yeah, it is, it if is you hard. don't really think it's a great book. And, I mean, I'm thinking of a book that's out now. It's a very popular – she's a very popular writer. Uh, people love her. She's a wonderful person. But I don't think her book is so great. And I, I did not – I got it to read, but I, I did not review it. And I just could – I just didn't feel I wanted to join the clamor and praise when I don't think I didn't think it was deserved. So I, I agree I just with didn't. you because I won't put my name on something that I won't agree with. Now I'm reading something that's not out yet. I can't say the name. It's out in two weeks. It's a very popular series. Uh, the author is writing it, and there's somebody else that used to write it. And the plot line started out great, and then it went into 17 different plots, and it made no sense. It lost track of what it was supposed to say. So I said, oh, God, and I have to review it because the publicist will have a heart attack if I don't, but I'm going to just write something. But I'm not going to write that this is going report that this was going you know, review that this author wrote. Yeah. Whereas, whereas this all I want, where Josh, it caught me with God the last page, but, oh, my God, it's really good. You got People should read it. They're not going to like it. But what happens also, I'm reading a book, um, it's, called, it's good. It's called um, the dangerous, dangerous, the dangerously strange night, dangerously ordinary night, and the characters are totally unlikable. You're gonna hate them all. I'm seriously, and it and it's probably one of the best books you can read. These two girls are um, in an, in a in a Boston um, performing arts school. One gets killed, and the other one lives. And the whole story is about what really happened. And you really hate the characters because they're not likable, and yet the book is really good. It's different. But you don't have that. Your characters, everybody loves them. They have to love Carrie, right? Nobody can hate Carrie yeah. or Evelyn. Well, somebody, somebody, no, one somebody once said she didn't like Carrie. I forgot why. Oh, God. But you know something? I I don't care because I know that I know from when I'm on face, t- Facebook, I can't tell you how many people tell me how much they love my series and they love my characters because my characters are what's most important to me. And they can't wait to see what's going to happen with Carrie next. So I I feel that this this is what is the most important element to me on my characters, and um, I I take time with them. My books my books have more depth than I think some other cozies because yeah, I, I don't I yeah I, I I write one series. I don't write many series, and I I do try to look at everything you know without getting bogged down. And I, I like it, it's I, I like to be a thoughtful writer, you know, to look and, and have people, you know, understand my characters, where they're coming from and what they're doing. So um, but yet I like every book to be different. So that there's that, too. 
and I, I try to combine everything. So far, I've been lucky. I was, I man, I've managed to pull them all off. <laughs> and um, I, I'm, I'm thinking about my next book, which is a seventh book. And, um, and it's interesting. It has to do with paintings. Um, again, the oh, nice. story came out. The story came out of the end of the seven, at the end of the sixth book. And, um, and so much of what comes out of my new books are things that I've put in previous books that I had no idea would play a part in future books, you know? Um, so it's it's just interesting how they're like real people and they crop up and and mm-hmm. something they they did in a, a few books back hasn't has a, a plays an important part in the in the future. Like Tommy, oh. I, I introduced Tommy. Um, Angela spoke about her brother, um, one or two books before Death on the Shelf, mm-hmm. and then you see why she's worried and how he behaves at the um, rehearsal dinner. And for good reason, she's worried about him. And Angela, um, Carrie has her own um, altercation with Tommy. He comes into the library and threatens her. So, you know, you really see what kind of, what kind of a guy he was. But the good thing is that Carrie's par- uh, Angela's parents realize that Angela was right, and they feel very bad that they did not um, pay more attention to what Angela said and that's part. That's how life is too. You know, parents don't always yeah. see everything, and well, they feel very go, bad. Um, we have about a half a minute left. Um, okay. Where, everybody, we have Amazon and all the all the booksellers, right? Where can we find out all about you and and your books so that everybody gets them? Well, I'm I'm on my Amazon page, Marilyn Levinson, and my web my my web page is MarilynLevinson.com. And I'm on Facebook a lot, um, and I'm going to be doing a lot of author takeovers and um, doing giveaways there. I really love the um, the takeovers on the on the cozy sites because this way I get to exchange comments with my and talk to uh, readers. And um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm going to be having a virtual blog tour, and I'll, I have I'm I'm doing a lot of guest blogs as well. Really see a lot of this on my Marilyn Levinson and my profile page and Marilyn Levinson author page on um, on Facebook. Well, I, I've done um, blog tours for my last book, <laughs> Population Zero: A World Without People, and yeah, and I do it with partners in crime. They're really good too, and they 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 love me because I review all their books. <laughs> do their interviews. Yeah, they they get me to do just about everything. But I want to thank you. Um this has been this has been a really great interview. It really is amazing. And I can't wait to get the next one when it comes out. Please let me know so I could put you in my schedule. Um, Definitely. I am going to do one on Last Lines on January 26th. Let me know if you're interested. It should be interesting to talk about, you know, last scenes and last lines and how they relate to the next novel. That's my thought for today. And everyone, it's a beautiful day outside. And I've been saying this at the end of every one of my shows. If everyone would do something nice and say a kindness for someone, that would be really nice because then maybe the virus would take a hike and realize you're the only negative thing in this world and you're no longer wanted. And I'm praying to God that that happens. So everyone have a great day. 
Um, Marilyn, thank you so much. Everyone have a great day, and bye. Thanks so much for having me.